Calling all Swifties and champions of change, Like a Girl Media is rolling out the red carpet for you with our Thrive Like a Girl contest. We're all about celebrating powerful women leaders who inspire us to dream big and push boundaries. And who embodies that spirit more than Taylor Swift herself? Here's your chance to see her live in concert. We're giving away two tickets to Taylor Swift's show in London on Saturday, June 22nd. Imagine being part of the magic, all thanks to Like a Girl Media. Entering is easy. Subscribe, share, and show us which episodes inspired you the most. Visit our website or check our social media for all the details. Don't just dream it, be it. Thrive like a girl and make this summer unforgettable. Contest opens globally, voidware prohibited, must be 18 or older to enter, no purchase necessary. Subscribe and share with hashtag thrive like a girl and tag us at like a girl underscore media for entry. Unlimited entries means unlimited chances. Winner chosen at random after contest closes May 20th, 2024. We'll be notified via DM. Make sure your profiles are not private. Check full rules on our site. This is your shot to see Taylor Swift live. Don't miss it. Welcome to the Hit Like a Girl podcast, where with each episode, we hear from different women experts in the health IT industry. We like to hear about what makes them tick, how they overcome challenges, work they're proud of, advice they would give to other women in health IT, and much more. I'm Joy Rios. And I'm Robin Roberts. Today, we are speaking with the CEO of one of the most anticipated female tech technologies. We are joined by Alicia Chong with Bloomer Tech. She and her co-founders are nearing market readiness with a heart monitor bra. That's right. The technology is in a comfortable garment you already put on each and every day. She and her company are working to improve cardiovascular health for women everywhere. Thank you so much for having me. It's so um, my company, uh, which is called Bloomer Health Tech, we're focused on women's heart health. And the reason that we went into this space is but because uh, for hundreds of years, uh, we, we haven't been recording enough data around the cardiovascular system of women. It's been more universal. So it was until 1993 that women were included in clinical trials. And to this day, even the American Heart Association states that we're at the infancy of truly understanding female cardiac health. So when me and my team realized that this was a huge problem, we, we felt the need to do something about it. We realized that women are currently having worst outcomes uh, when it co- comes to heart disease. Uh, there's 44 million women in the U.S. with some form of heart disease, and most of these cases are preventable. We can actually do something about it. So basically, the integration of using technology is based is to accelerate progress and to collect enough data so that we can create actionable tools and improve outcomes. So tell us about what kind of product you have developed to help do that. Yeah, so what what we designed, we basically created medical-grade sensors that integrate seamlessly into everyday clothing. And because we're designing a product for women, we realized that it's very cool that the women have a garment very close to the heart that they wear every day of their lives, which is the bra. Like, one of the big problems in remote patient monitoring is adherence to the device. Like, people don't really like wearing a bulky device around them for many days, but women wear the bra every day of their lives. So with our sensors that 
look and feel like garments. We can actually make uh, the bloomer bra, which is a, a heart monitor to seamlessly collect a medical grade electrocardiograms. Do you find that since you're embedding the device within a garment, that what, what does some of that initial data look like? Obviously, you have better compliance because people are actually having to put it on. It's really mm -hmm. doable, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. People just get dressed every day. Women, most women, don't think about it and put it on. You know, are they able to get more data over a longer period of time? What is what's that looking like? So that that's one of the things we've worked really hard on to get a really good quality data to reduce the noise and the artifact. Uh, and we've we've been able to to test our technology and to basically create these sensors and this full bra system to collect medical grade quality data. So this is one of the first challenges that we faced. Uh, if you think like my background is in engineering, so we did our own, ourselves our own prototypes. When we were iterating on each prototype, it, it was funny because first you have the raw circuit design, then you basically mix different materials to make the sensors themselves and you realize that to test them you actually have to go to the bathroom and and go put on the device right and it's really awkward like if, if you're a male engineer it's it's easier you just attach it to your chest and you can do it anywhere in the lab mm. but for us you have to go to the bathroom and in the bathroom you have water and it, it was very rough prototypes at the beginning so I think that kind of represented some challenges both for the design phase and for, for us realizing that we could do much better. So I think a lot of our process improved thanks to these challenges because then our device design, now it's washable. It's waterproof. We can, we can put it in the... So we can throw the bra on the washer yeah. like we did before. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. So it, it's one of the, of the things that became one of the advantages because we were already warned that hey, you're going to go test this, and sometimes the bathroom is not an ideal place to, to be with electronics. So, That's yeah. right. That's a really good point. So you have a background <laughs> in engineering. What? Tell us a little bit more about that, and then how you decided one day you're like, I'm going to build a bra that has a heart sensor and give people great medical quality data. How did, how did your back, what transition. does your background look like a little bit better, and how did you get to that decision? Yeah. Yeah, so, so I studied electrical engineering in, a, in undergrad, and I'd been working in the semiconductor. Wait, 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 I got to stop, because I heard where you went to school. Where did you go to school? I, in, to school, I went in Mexico. Okay. But there's um, also... Um, uh, for undergrad. And then in graduate school, I went to MIT. Okay, thank you. I think <laughs> yes. that's really notable because a woman that went to MIT that's building a bra that's this really reasonable, awesome solution, I think we... Yeah, don't downplay this. I went to school. A lot yeah. of people go to school. Not yeah. everybody goes to MIT. Please, continue. Thank you. Yeah, so, so, so basically, uh, I worked in the semiconductor industry for six years, uh, building application-specific integrated circuits. Uh, in, in that whole process, uh, I was also in parallel doing a lot of work to, get, to encourage younger girls to get into STEM. Uh, I've, I've been in that, uh, trying to get more women into STEM for at least 12 years now. Uh, it really excites me to see young girls getting interested in our field. And I, I came to an in intersection between what I really wanted to do with my life, which is when I decided to go to grad school. And I found this very cool program at MIT called Integrated Design and Management, uh, which is a master's for engineering and management, and it's focused on product design and development. And I had to, the opportunity to do a dual master's degree along with that one, 
in electrical engineering and computer science. So all of this knowledge that I was gaining at MIT, like it, it made me realize like a few weeks before starting my degree program at MIT, I learned about the, the challenges in healthcare specifically to women. We learned about data gaps and the huge problem that there is by not having this information available and that's going to become if we don't make it available for when AI tools and machine learning actually starts impacting more how the, the whole uh, healthcare process works. So we, we wanted to build tools to collect better vehicles to collect this data. Uh, as we went more into the heart disease space and we realized that there's a huge heart disease epidemic in women and women are having worse outcomes they don't they they may live longer lives but the quality of life is not good enough and they do a lot of experimentation to find the right medication dosages so we knew we could do something about this and that's when like all of the pieces of the puzzle appeared we had expertise in sensors we had the expertise in hardware design we developed the expertise in fabrics engineering with a lot of advisors from material science and then we were able to to create our first prototypes and now it, it like we've done so many iterations that we were able to take it towards clinical trials and where does that stand now where is your product in the phase of development and deployment to consumers yes yeah, so so right now that's one of the exciting parts where basically if you go into our website bloomertech.com People can sign up for our trials. We, we're in in the phase where we're basically validating and finishing building our beta app so that we can go to the market soon. I have to ask, have you also had to coordinate with the fashion industry because yes. people really care about their undergarments and how yeah. they look? So how has Especially you know, when we talk about bras, because yeah. this is uh, not a one-size-fits-all solution, yeah. so to speak. Which is, which is the fascinating thing when you think about personalized medicine. You don't want it to be one-size-fits-all. It, right. it has to be personalized. It has to be unique to you and comfortable. So that's one of the fascinating things, I think, for us, as a team of engineers, uh, me and my co-founders, uh, we're, we're three women in our team. We went a lot into this space because we want people to feel comfortable. Uh, we want people to feel that it's the right fit and and that she can actually love the brush that she's wearing. We know that you're going to wear it every day. All, like, you never forget to That's use it. Wait, I have a ton of bras in my... <laughs> that I don't wear. Um, yeah. I basically like of the thirty that I own, there's two or three that are just on constant rotation. Yeah. And, and of those two or three, there's one that you actually use a lot, and the <laughs> other one that when you use when you are washing the the one that you right. use. Right. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. great that the the product development, kind of the human factors within that, have been so thoughtful, especially when you talk such a you know about really an intimate garment. And so it sounds like you guys have been really thoughtful in the end-to-end -end design of what's brought you to really being yeah. on the cusp of deploying to consumers. So, and everything's looking promising, everything's looking good. You guys are excited. Yeah, we're super excited. Like, I think we, we, we had the benefit of getting a lot of support. Like, even, even because my program at MIT is very design-focused, user experience-focused, we were able to meet a lot of very experienced fashion designers. We were able to visit factories. We were very picky by choosing the materials. 
And I think I can't stress how important that is because yeah. if you're trying to be somebody's favorite garment that they're mm -hmm. going to be wearing every yeah. single day, they have to like the way that it feels on their yeah. body. They have to be able to, like, it has to have a, a right look and, you know, uh, the shape. And, and yeah. Just there's so many things that, like, yeah. what makes it your favorite. But also, I mean, considering um, other types of garments like the Finks, right? yeah. familiar yeah. with of course. the period underwear. And you know it's it's the it's a, it's so disruptive in the best possible way that mm -hmm. for many women you know they think all right well it's my period time to bring out this particular pair of underwear mm -hmm. but in your case it would kind of be an everyday thing right mm -hmm. yeah so it's that's a huge commitment that somebody and a relationship that they're building with their product and hopefully also taking into consideration their own heart health and yeah. getting a better handle on you know their own wellness journey. And if you think about it, this is not what medical devices look like today, but we envision that this is what they're going to look in the future. Like the, the more information we have about our own bodies, like everyone has a different response to the same medication. Like even even siblings may have different responses to the same medication, and we want to understand better all of these differences and and enable people to understand better their bodies and their body patterns. So, so I was going to ask you where you see yourself five years from now. Mm -hmm. What is going on with Bloomer Tech? Like what what does it look like five years from now? What are what are some of the goals? So I think one of the biggest goals is that we aim to accelerate progress in women's health in general and we're we're starting with with heart health uh, we we see ourselves becoming one of the strongest uh, pioneers in this field for ai tools that are population specific and creating new digital biomarkers you said that you want to accelerate progress with improved tools and ultimately improved outcomes yes and i think you guys are at the cusp of doing that which is just really phenomenal and it's also really exciting as a woman to realize that instead of walking around with some bulky heart monitor mm -hmm. that I don't want to wear or I'm not going to wear, then you're providing just this really reasonable solution and I love it and I think I, I, I'm so excited to see it because I know you guys are just right there at the edge of what's going on which is really neat. So next question, if you could snap your fingers uh -huh. and fix any problem in healthcare or health IT and I, you have you may have to take off you can keep the MIT brain in there running, uh -huh. but you have to put on like this magical hat uh -huh. or wave a wand. Uh -huh. What would you fix right now? And Within why? the patient journey experience or the hospital system. Okay, so two. Like no, no, I'm 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 trying to think about like what there. There's so many challenges right now, right now, right? Like a it's. It's unacceptable that people leave the hospital still not knowing what they have or why they're feeling bad and kind of testing if this will work out for them or not. So I yeah, I think I think the time it takes to realize what you have, like reducing time so that you can be more preventative. To the right diagnosis yeah. the first time. Yeah. yeah. And I think once you're able to marry that with precision technology and mm -hmm. precision medicine, ultimately, to have the best plan and know yeah. that it's going to work or with the least amount of time, find mm -hmm. the right solutions yeah. is, is so important. Why is, that, why is that something you wish for? Yeah, because I think it, it, it'll ultimately uh, enhance the, the outcomes of people, but also the quality of life. Uh, I think... We, we have so many 
tools right now, but they're either underused or overused, which is crazy. Like we, we have both extremities and we still have so many question marks about understanding the, the human body. Like I think it's, I think it's coming that, that we're going to understand the human body a lot better now uh, from the inside. I think there's a lot done in the outside mm -hmm. and we need a lot of work in the inside. Well said. And I like this, that your sentiment is kind of rooted in empathy for quality of life. Mm -hmm. We're building a reading list mm -hmm. where, for all of our listeners, basically a library of places that they can be inspired. So can you okay. think of any books that have impacted you either personally or professionally that you think others should read? Well, I read this amazing women's health book, which is a little old, a it, it's like huge, but it's written by Bernadine Healy. She was one of the pioneers writing the um, the policy to include women in clinical trials. And I and I found a book that she had written with all of the challenges in women's health, and it's just fascinating how this has been like most of the things that we're still struggling with today. Like they've pioneered a long time before, and we we need to continue this movement. So I think that's one of the ones that has impacted me the most. You know, you, you touched at something in the beginning of our conversation, mm -hmm. and it, we had also talked about it when we first met, which mm -hmm. was women weren't included in clinical trials until 1993. Yeah. Can you expand a little bit on the impacts you think that's had in the healthcare community just by not including women in a lot of the research? Well, I think, uh, yeah. I think that's 25 years. Know. Yeah, that's, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, I think like that the, the main challenge that this implies is that most of the things that have been developed, drugs that have been developed with these clinical trials and other uh, guidelines, because they don't include women, they don't really take into account how women respond to them. So women tend to be the outliers. Like for most of these clinical trials are focused on white men. So for white men, the medication might, might work really, really well. But for most women, it might not. Like, there's a lot of uncertainty because the demographic was not studied. Yeah, that's huge. I mean, think, when you think about all of the ways that that has impacted society on, that, on every single level of, the, of healthcare, that, you know, you're not, that we're not at the center, or it's not something that... Well, even more importantly, if you look back to 1993, 25 plus years ago, right? And when they started being included, and you look at the life cycle of mm -hmm. trials and development of things, mm -hmm. you really look at where the impact is, is going to happen, and it's really not that long ago, um, even in the best case. Mm -hmm. And so it's really scary to think about both ultimately what were intentional and now unintended consequences of that and the fact that we're still dealing with it, to your point. Um, Alicia, not finding the right medication or that they trial so many different ones, especially when it comes to cardiac health. And yeah, and I've, I've heard from a lot of, a, or read in a lot of different places, that because they used to think that women's body was like a s small male body, right? Mm -hmm. Like our, our vessels are smaller, like things like that. A, but, but it's not, like it's different. We ha have whole different systems. And the way our, our heart pumps blood to the body is different. We respond differently. So it's it's really interesting how a lot of these changes in, in the system have not been considered. 
So if people want to find out more about Bloomer Tech, you, any of the people working for you, what is the best place for people to find you, either socially online or more about the device you're building and those trials? Can you give us all those links? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so in bloomertech.com, they can find the information about how to collaborate with us. We're, we're looking for women interested in being part of the trial, but also collaborators to be a, our, our partners. And then we have Facebook, Twitter, and our direct email is heart at bloomertech.com. Heart at bloomertech.com. And what if people just want to connect with you and geek out with you? Uh, LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Or Twitter as well. Fair enough. Wow, yeah, what's your personal Twitter? Here? My personal Twitter is A-C-H-O-N-G-R. Okay. Okay. Excellent. Alicia, thank you so much for joining us this afternoon and telling us all about the cool developments in Bloomer Tech. I know as a woman, I'm really excited because I know what a heart monitor does look like. And I've seen some pictures of what y'all are doing. I am just super excited to, to see where it goes. Thank and you. you're just you're just right there. It's so cool to speak with you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. <laughs> and thank you for listening to the Hit Like a Girl podcast. If you want to know more about us or this guest, Check out our website at hitlikeagirlpod.com. While you're at it, if you found value in this episode, we'd appreciate a ratings on iTunes. Or simply tell a friend. You can also connect with us on Twitter or Instagram at the handle hitlikeagirlpod. Thanks again. See you soon. Bye.